Here we go! Episode number four, no, episode number three, I've lost track of what episode we're on already, of The Business Of. This week, we talk the business of gaming with our favorite CEO of a gaming company. Round of applause for, let's see if I can do this properly. Uh, Oh, nope, that's not the one I want. I want this one. Nope, I don't want that one either. Nope, not that one. Crap, which one do I want? This one. There we go. That's the one I want. Matt Tesh of Liquid Bit Inc. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for doing this, sir. Welcome to the business of gaming. So for those that are new and are watching either on the stream or listening to the uh, podcast, which is available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, uh, we are going to talk the business side of a topic, and today is gaming. And so we're going to talk what it's like to actually run a gaming company. And no better than Matt himself, uh, but we're going to get into that in a minute. But Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Who is Matt Tesh? If I'm even saying your name correctly, I forgot to ask pre-show what, how to say your name. Uh, but who you are, what's your background? How did you get to where you are? How did you get to becoming the CEO of Liquid Bit? Yeah, well, you got my name right. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I'm 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 Matt Tesh. Uh, yeah, you know, it's getting into gaming is weird, man. Like, there's there's a million different paths that you can take to kind of to kind of enter the industry. Um, but you know, my path, uh, you know, is, is as unique as anyone else's. Um, first and foremost, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've, I've I've started, you know, a few companies. Uh, oh, had some had some successes had some failures, um, but, you know, like being an engineer and technologist at heart, uh, you know, I, I kind of got into the software game uh, probably about 20 years ago-ish or so, and then did everything from, you know, like when I was in college, I went through the dot-com boom, and then and then really went into the app boom, right, when everybody wanted an app, and that's, that's kind of where I found my feet as an entrepreneur. Um, I started a small app development company, uh, and slowly grew that company from uh, about three people to 15 people. And then nice. merged that with a design company because we were just doing the engineering. Mm-hmm. So we merged it with the UX and UI team that did a uh, company that did, you know, all of the user experience. And we grew that to about 60 people. Oh, wow. Um, and then, and this is a really quick story, right? Like, but like that was actually acquired by Salesforce. Uh, oh. So Salesforce, Salesforce.com uh, bought our, well, at that time, you know, mid-sized studio um, that was building and designing for anything with a pixel. But the vast majority of what we were building were, were mobile applications at that time, because that was that was the hotness, you know, during during those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we got acquired by Salesforce, you know, went into enterprise software and, um, you know, I enjoyed my time there, but it was... You know, it was different. I was I was looking more for, you know, software that I, I you know again I could present to consumers versus you know enterprise businesses. So you I so really you want, worked so you went to work after they acquired you went to work for Salesforce. I went to work after they acquired us. I went to work for Salesforce for a year. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think it was one year to the day. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> and and uh, yeah and and. When I left, you know, it's it's kind of like, huh, well, what do I want to do here? I want to continue making software. Um, you know, I've done the enterprise side of things. I've done the mobile app side of things. Um, I really want to make software that I can get into the hands of consumers. I want to make software that's not immediately going to go freemium, right? Like, because that's basically where the app store went, right? Every, everything went freemium, right? If you weren't free within app purchases, uh, you know, it was it was it was a disaster. Right. Um, 
and 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 I wanted, you know, and this is this is actually, you know, uh, part of our motto is, you know, make software that elicits an emotional response, right? Like, you really get a buzz out of when people are hooting and hollering playing a, a piece of software that you wrote, right? Like, and, uh-huh. and you're not going to get that in, enter- in enterprise software. <laughs> I, I can attest to that because uh, I was telling you a little bit asked off screen. Um, that I run my own company that does software and I get a big smile on my face when you watch a client actually do something with the software that you wrote to make their lives better. Right. Mm-hmm. So and you, you just sort of sit back. You're like, all right, good job. That's it makes you, it makes you put. So I totally understand that. Yep. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we had this crazy idea. It's like, okay, right. Like, so games, let's focus on games. Okay. And uh, it was me and three other founders. Okay. Um, yeah. And so the four of us started and, you know, we were kind of looking around and be like, well, you know, we also want to connect people, right? Like it's, it's, it's awesome when, you know, someone smiles at the software you wrote or hoots and hollers at the game that you wrote. Um, but it's, it's more powerful when they're actually sharing this experience with someone else. Right. So it was like, we're going to focus on multiplayer games. Right. So, you know, and, and this is this is the true job. People that had no never made a game in their life decided that they were going to make a <laughs> online multiplayer game. Right. We just needed <laughs> we just needed the right game to kind of break out. Right. And that mm-hmm. was uh, and at that time we were actually spending, you know, a, a lot of time at uh, a local arcade. Um, so Logan, Logan Arcade in Chicago had a copy of Killer Queen uh, and we would go there and we would play and we would bring friends and we would have a good time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the more and more I was there, the more I saw this crowd around this machine. And, and I was just like, wow, this thing is this thing is awesome. It has it has like this, this built in kind of community. And it's a game that for people who hadn't made a game before seemed reasonable to approach. And that was a naive, quite, that was actually a quite an, at that time, that was quite a naive uh, <laughs> assumption that, that we could go ahead and just build this multiplayer. Um, so I, I ended up actually getting in contact uh, with, with, with Bumblebear Games, the, the, the makers of Killer Queen Arcade. And through a series of conversations and negotiations, um, was able to partner with them to bring the game to the whole to the home market, uh, and and that was you know again long story short how Liquidbit was born. It's it was it was very much of hey you know we didn't even have a game in mind when we started the game company. We made a couple of prototypes, they were garbage. We didn't like them all, and we really <laughs> kind of fell in love. We fell in love with Killer Queen Arcade, and we're like this is it, right? Like like let's let's partner with this other, with this other very small company out of New York, um, you know, and, and let's bring this kind of arcade phenomenon to, to the home market and see what kind of audience, uh, you know, we can bring to it. And, right, right. and, and that's where we landed, man. And we, we've, we've since shipped it on five different platforms, all cross play. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that. Uh, how did you come up with the name liquid bit? Uh, Obviously, again, we all we all know what we all know what a bid is, right? We all know what a bid is. Uh, it, it really comes down to uh, that that focus on multiplayer that we wanted, and and this abstraction between platform, you know, being siloed in that platform and mm-hmm. and crossplay, right? And, and yeah. that is something that we knew off off the bat that you know we didn't care if you were playing on a Nintendo or an Xbox mm-hmm. or your PC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we wanted the bits to flow like water, right? Right. You know, it's, 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 okay. it's the most powerful force that you can have and it can move through and, and penetrate anything. And that's where liquid bit, the name liquid bit. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Those wind people would be, wait, might differ, might, might, uh, might have a different opinion <laughs> yeah. on that. I, I, you know, there was some big storms on the last weekend here in Canada that, that, that those wind people may. <laughs> yeah. So we may have a windy some- bit. There you go. There you go. Windy bit, fiery bit, you know, fire people too. I'm just saying, you know, I guess that's why they they had earth, wind and fire. They covered all, they covered all three. All right, cool. All right. So, so you, and they had no interest in doing it themselves. They had the arcade, but they were happy with the arcade. They had no interest in, they were happy to partner with you. They, they, they were happy to partner with us. I mean, you know, it it was, it was a long conversation and negotiation. There were lawyers involved and all that kind of good stuff, but, but (laughs) many lawyers. Yeah. 
many lawyers, but yeah, like, but, but, but in the end, um, you know, Bumble Bear, and I don't want to talk out of school for Nick and Josh, they're, they're great sure. guys, but they, they, sure. they focus on our cake. They focus on our cake. Okay. Right. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. their main focus. Uh, yep. And that's where they want to, that's where they want to keep their business. And so right. for a strategic partnership like us, you know, kind of splitting um, the market the way that mm-hmm. we do uh, mm-hmm. actually worked out quite well because yeah, they don't really want to touch the home, the home market. Okay. And you don't want to touch they, the arcade. So yeah, no, we, we have no business making arcade machines and shipping them <laughs> around the country. Uh, no, I like my software to be automatically downloaded. <laughs> Cool. All right. So there's the four of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so you had an idea. You then you 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 have you you found the product you thought and you negotiated. So then then what happens? How do you how do you fund this? Because it costs money to make money. And it again, I, as I told you before, you don't have to get. I don't want to know your financials. I don't want to do that. But mm-hmm. how do you, how does one go about? What's the next step then? Do they get investors? Did you mm-hmm. did you did you call Benny off and say Mark? Buddy, <laughs> do you have the bat line to Benny off? And do you do you just pick up the phone and call Mark, and he just gives you a wheelbarrow full of money? Like now we call Elon, and he gives us a wheelbarrow full of money. Uh... <laughs> no, I, I I have no bat phone to Benny Hoff, nor would he take my call. For those that don't um, know, Mark Benioff is the CEO and founder. Maybe he's not the CEO anymore, but the founder of Salesforce. For those Salesforce. that for, for those that don't know who Mark Benioff is. <laughs> Uh, no, one of our partners, Justice Pinkston, was in charge of the financing, uh, okay. and he's able to do some really magical things. Okay. Um, you know, he's uh, he's in a position and knows the, the right people uh, okay. to be able to secure the funding that we need. And so, without Justice, we would be nowhere. Because, as you know, like it's an, it's incredibly expensive to build a video game. I think most people think. Like even even Killer Queen Black. No, right? I like, bet. You know, I, no, I bet you. Po- people don't know that. Which is again <laughs> the whole purpose of this show is to educate people on the per. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And 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 people like we as gamers sit back and go, "Well, it doesn't have crossplay. Well, why not? Or it, it there's a bug in here. Fix it." They don't understand the and they or maybe they go, oh, "I probably take some time," but they think you can just go in and just you know do this and it's done, right? So no, I don't think people understand what it takes. So he did, so he worked on a series a basically just if, if you were. Yeah, basically. Uh, and, and, you know, so we, we had to essentially what you have to do, right. Is, you know, uh, you've got to sell the idea just like you're building mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. sort of widget, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of the benefits of, of using, uh, of starting with killer queen is that we had a proven IP, right. Yeah. We've got the we've got an IP that True. we know that is popular. We've got an IP mm-hmm. that we know that is selling in the arcade format, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to make the argument that this is going to be successful in the home market, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know a, a lot of people balk at well, you're you're building an online game and you're not a AAA studio, right? Where 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 are you going to get your you know where are you going to get your user base? You know, and, and our answer to that was. You know, we have a built-in user base, right? We have we have, you know, uh, hordes of people that are addicted to Killer Queen arcade game. They they've got uh, tournaments that are set up. They meet weekly. It's a whole social club in and of itself, right? And, mm-hmm. and we can be, you know, we can both help the arcade brand by allowing them to play the game at home, as well as kind of you know leverage this footprint that already exists, right? And so we basically had to put a pitch together. Uh, in in order to you know kind of convince the powers that be and justice took care of all this, um, you know that yes the amount of money that we're asking and it's not inconsequential mm-hmm. uh, is is mm-hmm. is going to be uh, you know I can't say it's going to be a safe investment but we already have a layup because of the partnership that we have with Bumble Bear and the established mm-hmm. IP. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you know, what I was going to say is, you know, even a game like Killer Queen Black with, with pixel graphics and retro, you know, it's very retro mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That, that's obviously mm-hmm. on purpose. It's the art style that we chose. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, people look at it and be like, well, it's not 3D and, you know, you're, you're, you're not doing, you know, ray tracing and you're, it's not like, you know, you're not at the cutting edge. You're not using you're, Unreal you're, Engine 5. You're not using Unreal Engine 5. Uh, absolutely. Right. And, uh, you know, and... And the argument back is it doesn't matter, right? And, and in fact, 3D can actually be a little bit easier than, than making a, a pixel game. 
you know, the amount of art and the amount of hours that we have to put in um, to animate it like a flip book, right? I mean, that's what that's what pixel graphics are, right? Where they're each each individual attack frame, every time the the character moves, is an animation like like someone would draw a, a flip book. And you know, and getting all those resources together and kind of scoping it out, it's 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 an incredibly expensive thing to do. I, um, I bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I won't go into round numbers, but it's seven figures, right? Like yep. to, to, Makes sense. To, even, mm -hmm. to even get something off the ground, right? And, yep. mm -hmm. You know, and that's interesting, right? And I think that separates Liquidbit from, you know, a lot of other indie companies, right? There's a lot of companies that can do it for much less. Uh, but, you know, we wanted to eat. We wanted this to be our full-time jobs. We wanted to have financial security. Um, you know, we didn't want to, we'd rather focus on the game than worrying about where the rent is coming from. And we'd rather, you know, and we wanted to complete it, you know, uh, inside of a decade, you know, versus this is my life's toil and this is my passion project. And yes, you could probably make a game for 50 K if you don't pay yourself and you spend a decade to do it, doing it. But it's, you know, it's, it's a significantly different, uh, you know, equation when, when you're, when you're balancing people that are doing this professionally for a living and they're doing it in a timely manner and you've got deadlines that you need to meet, you've got stakeholders that you need to please, you've got contracts that you need to uphold. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, these are, these are all the things that, you know, we, we really needed to consider. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and if you watch the show like Shark Tank, you know, some of them are only doing it part time. And those guys, you know, if they're going to invest, you know, 100000 or, you know, $200,000, $300,000, they want you to go full time. They want it. They don't want it to be the thing you do at nights and weekends. It's great to start right. out. But at some point, right, you've got to make that if you're going to if you're going to uh, make that your job, if you want to make it, you got to make it a full time. You've got to be able to, but you also got to be able to feed your family. You got to be able to pay the rent. You got to be able, and, mm -hmm. and that's why some places fail is they just can't secure the funding there. They can't do whatever. All right. So there was the four of you. Who was your first hire, if you will? I'm not counting you, you know, you four, because you guys are the founders. You guys have that founder tag. Mm -hmm. So then who, who do you, who do you go first? Do you go programming? Do you go art? Do you go? Well, you know, so uh, of the four founders, um, there's myself who kind of wears every single hat. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, there's Justice, who is our financial wizard. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is Mike and Adam, who are just exceptional engineers. Um, ah. So we, we, had a, we had a very good uh, starting dev team in place. Um, and then we, you know, like, like any small company, right, as we're trying to kind of, and again, we hadn't made a game before. So we're hacking this thing out of the woods <laughs> with our bare hands, right? And we're trying, you know, we're trying to figure things out. We're trying to understand the network architecture. We're trying to figure out the art style. We're trying to figure out the game design. We're trying to figure out how to make a game because we've never and, done it before. And what yeah. year is it? What year is this? What year are we in? So when did Killer Queen Black release? 2019. So this is probably 2017. Okay. All right. Cool. Just to kind of give the time, just to, you know, building out a timeline, right? Okay. Yep. Sure. Yeah, so 2017. Uh, so we relied on a lot of contractors, um, okay, sure. And that's really kind of our preferred hiring method okay. is is bring them in as contractors, and then you know when the time is right and all the stars align, if they're interested, bring them on as full time employees. And that's what we actually did. Our first actual employee outside of the founders was Jackie. Oh, so okay. yeah, you you know our first uh, our first. <laughs> "Quote unquote," you know, employee uh, liquid bit. Yeah, um, and, and and and, we, and we she is here. She she, she she is here in the chat, so she is here, and and I know a lot of people uh, know her and 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 love her. Uh, so, single Mac, uh, I may have said that wrong. Says, "Are you a game developer?" So this is what we're trying um, to find out. So he turns out he's not a game developer. He's trying to figure this part out. Yeah, I mean, and and. You know, I think you could call us, you know, call, call me a game developer now. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but, dude, but uh, you know, when I put my, t you know, when I put my name in the credits of, of, of our titles, like it's, I've got a little bit of development in there, a very little bit, um, <laughs> but I'll give myself development credit. But really what I do on a day-to-day -day basis uh, as the CEO of Liquidbit, as it comes to games, and, and you have to realize, right, like there's a lot more that goes on in a company, and this is the business of than mm -hmm. just building the game, right? But let's mm -hmm. let's put that that other stuff aside for right now to answer the gentleman's question. Is mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm a producer is, is really how I consider myself, right? We have mm -hmm. game designers on staff. We have artists mm -hmm. on staff. We have engineers. We have audio people. Um, oh, great audio, you know, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's the cool thing about gaming, right, is, is that it really takes all these disparate, um, you know, fields of expertise and combines them into a piece of art, right? But as a producer is really how I kind of, you know, classify myself is I'm constantly checking in with all the teams, right? Like, okay, where are we at with art here? Okay, well, that art will be ready in two days. Engineering will be able to actually get that into the game that will line up. Just making sure the trains run on time, making sure that all the, the different components of Liquid Bit are talking to, the, mm -hmm. are talking to each other, um, putting mm -hmm. the pieces together, mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, and then uh, as, as the producer role, right? And then as the yeah. CEO role, I'm doing mm -hmm. everything from, uh, you know, payroll to legal mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. benefits, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, yep. You know, it mm -hmm. it doesn't go away. Uh, in fact, it just adds up more and more as the company gets bigger and bigger. Um, well, you, well, you make a good point. You got to figure out when do you want to go from contractor to employees because then you've mm -hmm. got payroll, payroll tax. Uh, I know yep. that from the Canadian side. I can't imagine what it's like on the on the U.S. side. I don't understand the U.S. health system at all. Uh, coming from yeah. Canada, coming from Canada, you know, we pay our taxes and everything is free. free. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't understand. How, but that's got to be a huge piece. Then you got to talk to you still have investors. you got to still do financial statements. You still have to make sure there's money coming in. You've got to. Yeah. So there's all sorts of those other sides of it that that with those hats. So you're probably. Uh, which is why I appreciate you taking time out uh, to do this because I know what it's like to and to have a lot of people pulling at you, especially you know people are you know people want enhancements to the program. Um, people mm -hmm. want people something doesn't work right. It could be a it could be a, an undocumented feature. There are folks. There are no bugs in games or software. They are all just undocumented features. That's let's right. just let's just let's just let's just say that right now. There are no bugs. There are no bugs in any software. As Matt and I would say, that's just an undocumented feature. Yeah, that's just an undocumented feature. Yeah, you just you're, you're uh, yeah you're not you're not seeing it right. You're not seeing the <laughs> art behind that bug. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so 2017. So when did the first sort of something that was resemble like something that's playable? When would that? Because you got that the whole probably... you got you got the whole software development life cycle, which you're sort of starting to explain. Mm -hmm. Right, because you got yeah, you got exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And we, we, you know, and again, right, like you know, so for Killer Queen Black, uh, you know, we 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 had this awesome base IP to work with, right, and yeah. and, but then it really became a question of was like, well, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Killer Queen, the arcade game, it's a ten-person cabinet. This thing is huge, right? Our, our the the footprint that it takes up in your local arcade is is absolutely massive, and. You know, we had to sit there and say, okay, well, how do we, how do we make this work on a screen that could be as small as the Switch, right? If you're playing in handheld mode, uh, because the screen on the Killer Queen arcade cabinet, I don't know how big it is, but it's huge. And you're standing about, you know, a foot and a half, you know, from it. Uh, and it really kind of allows you to see the action that's going with with 10 people all bouncing around the same screen. We we did a quick test um, of what that would look like um, on the switch. And it was it was just madness, right? Like my whole point here is that we had to go through quite uh, an extensive requirements and refinement exercise to be able to say, okay, well, this is what the arcade does. How do we actually how do we actually make this for, for the home console when we have no control over the size of the screen that they're going to be using it on. Right. And, and we've got to basically adjust everything to make sure that, you know, they can use it on, uh, you know, you can be played via controller versus, you know, your, your, your analog stick and your buttons on the arcade cabinet. And, Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, it also has to be played on a switch Joy-Con when yeah. you don't have them in dual handheld mode. You only got four buttons, right? So how do you? So I found that, a, right? I found an, I found an image on, uh, on the Killer Queen Arcade's Twitter. There it is. Yeah, something like that, right? So, but, yep, that's it. That's, uh, that's the ten-person cabinet. So five people would sit on the, on the yellow side, and five people would sit on the blue side, or the golden side and the blue side. 
Yeah, and they can be either arranged like that or they can be arranged back to back. But either way, it's an enormous yeah. installation. Sure. Um, and you know, and so we we were basically taking that and saying, all right, you know, what are the changes? What are the what are the requirements? Um, and what are the concessions that we have to make to be able to bring it to the home market? And then equally, what more can we do? Right? Like, so if we've got concessions, you know, a, a perfect example would be most game consoles only allow eight controllers to, to connect. So if you want to play the game locally, we couldn't, and we couldn't even do 10 players right off the bat. Right. Um, you know, so we, we, we've got to narrow the scope down to eight players uh, simultaneously, like right off the bat, there's a, there's a big concession that we have to make. Right. right. What does that, what does that mean for character size? Can we make the, the characters bigger now that there's less of them so that they're easier to read? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what does that mean for the maps that we have to create? You know, can, can we make them, um, can we make them more dense uh, or can we open them up more? You know, and again, we played with all of these different variations as part of the game design process, um, you know, as, as well as, you know, how do we actually deal with the network uh, latency, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a twitchy game to begin with and we need to be able to essentially have an authoritative server because we wanted the game to be able to be played competitively. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't want to go the peer-to-peer route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and when, you, when you do that, you know, it's, things get out of sync and you need to correct for that. But when you have a game that has almost joust-like mechanics where deaths are caused, you know, when you kill somebody, it's because you're higher than them in the arcade game, right? And you could be higher by one pixel. Well, what's interesting when you're playing a network game is that what you're seeing is actually in the past. Um, you know, and again, I don't know, a, a lot of people probably don't know this, right? But what you're seeing is actually in the past. You, the, what the server is sending down is not what's happening in real time. Your, whatever the latency between you and the server and you and the other clients are, that is, that is the delta in, in terms of the amount of time that has elapsed that, that you're actually playing against. So it's not real time. And so, and you need to make corrections and you need to make corrections that the the user does not notice. And so we couldn't actually use a joust-like mechanic like Mm -hmm. the arcade game has. We had to uh, re-engineer the game and change the attack system entirely in order Mm -hmm. to support network play. Um, And that, you know, and so we looked at that as a, as a, as a challenge, um, but Mm -hmm. it opened up a world of opportunities and we built out a whole weapon system around that. Is you know now you know the arcade game had one weapon. You know we have five different weapons, right? And uh, those weapons actually allowed us to embrace the latency um, and you know make it fair for all the players as 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 they're competing against each other online through various tricks that we do. But they were designed very purposeful for uh, network latency and online play. So again, right, we're back and you know still talking about. The, the soft software life cycle we're in requirements mm-hmm. definition we're in prototyping mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and what do you have do you have do you, sorry do, sorry do you have your own servers or are you leveraging aws or or something yeah no so uh we are leveraging aws uh okay. they're actually they're a great partner of ours so we use okay. amazon game lift um mm-hmm. and have built out a pretty extensive online infrastructure uh using aws Okay, cool. And the reason the, the reason that we, we, we do it that way is because we can't again, it's an it's an online game, right? And so we actually have six different regions uh, that you can play Killer Queen Black in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to do that to connect you to the closest region, right? So if you're playing mm-hmm. in Japan, you're not gonna connect to a North American server, right? The latency would be too high to play the game mm-hmm. and have any fun with it. It would just it would just feel Correct. it would feel mm-hmm. terrible. Right. Right. And so AWS gives us the ability to, you know, obviously leverage their worldwide distribution um, and, you know, put servers in six different regions around the world. So then when we geolocate a player, uh, you know, they're connecting to the closest region available so that their their latency to our servers uh, is as small as possible so that they have the best experience. But again, right, like. People think, oh, you just you just build games, and if it's fun, it's fun. No, there there's a lot of architecture, planning, finances, again, lawyers, contracts that go into, you know, even just setting up the infrastructure for KQB um, is quite an undertaking, and that has nothing to do with the game itself. 
Excellent. So what was the... All right, so now you've got something. What did it go? Did you launch it on PC first? Because you said you're on six platforms now. Six? Five? What did you say? Five. Five. Uh, five, yep. Yeah, uh, so you so lo launched on PC first? We, we simultaneously launched on Switch and PC at the same okay. time. Oh, okay. And one of, one of the reasons was is the good folks over at Nintendo um, became aware that we were actually making a home version of this, a home ver and they were big fans of the arcade game. Interesting. And, and, yeah, and I, it was one of the gaming shows, maybe it was PAX, uh, maybe it was one of the GDCs. I honestly can't remember. It was obviously, you know, uh, several years ago. But um, they met with us, and they, they, they wanted to see what we had. And at the time, we just had a really really crummy prototype but it was networked it was playing online and you know for those that are familiar with the arcade game they could they could see through all the prototypiness and understand what we were showing them and actually josh and nick showed it to nintendo well the folks at liquid bit were in chicago and we played an online game for the nintendo folks and hmm. they said you know this is great this is wonderful we want to present this at uh um, next year's E3. And so we, we had a deadline, right? We had to get the game on Switch um, and we had to work with Nintendo's marketing team and everything that goes along with that oh, wow. uh, to, to, get a, to get a playable version on Switch, not in the stores, but playable version on Switch so that we could go to E3 uh, and be uh, in the Nintendo booth and show people in the press uh, the game that was coming uh, out uh, on Nintendo Switch on the platform side first. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, that it was, you know, quite honestly, it was really fortuitous that like all it, it all went down that way. We mm -hmm. got a lot of great exposure um, mm -hmm. and it was, it was really nice working with Nintendo and it kind of checked a bucket list, you know, item on, you know, build a Nintendo game. Okay, done. Right. Like, uh, so, you know, just from that stance alone, it, 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 it was a big win, but right. yeah, like that's, that's kind of so, how it all went down. So you had access to their marketing and some developer programming, porting people, whatever you needed in order to make whatever changes. Because developing, you know, PC is one thing, but now also have to do simultaneously switch. There's probably a bit of code change, you know, it's probably the same code yes. base, but there's probably code or porting issues or something that has to go along oh. at the same time. Oh, there absolutely is. And yes, we had access to their marketing people. No, we had we didn't have any technical support. Uh, nope. I mean, this was, and again, right, you know, uh, props to Adam and Mike, uh, you know, again, founders and, and engineers on the LiquidBit team, you know, able to kind of put that port together and, and get it running on the Switch and, you know, get something that, again, the game wasn't released. We were just, we were just showing the public and kind of announcing it. It was our, it was kind of our big announcement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they put together something that was passable. We had a, we had a great time playing the game at E3. Uh, <laughs> I bet. You know, and 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 leveraging leveraging you know everything that comes along with being you know Nintendo sponsored essentially uh, as 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 coming out on their platform as, and as a new game released by Nintendo. Um, but yeah, I mean it it is it is it is not one click and you build the game for any platform, whether it be Switch or Xbox or Stadia or anything else, right? Like there's a considerable amount of work uh, that goes into porting a game to a different platform. Um, but it's something that we wanted to do, right? It's, it's, it's again, right? We talked about the name LiquidBit and being platform agnostic and wanting everybody to play together. But it's also makes business sense from the side of, you know, again, we're a small indie company. We're not a triple A game. We're not going to grab 10 million people on day one and get them to sign up for our game before it's even out what we could not have is a siloed player experience, right? We could not have someone on PC not be able to play with Switch. We needed everybody to be able to play in the same sandbox just to have enough players, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and, and, we've, and we've continued that, you know, uh, porting uh, to Stadia and porting to Luna and Xbox and being on Xbox Game Pass. All of those systems, you know, uh, allow uh, cross-platform play and cross-platform uh, voice chat. Uh, and it's, it's not because we want to be cool. It's because 
from a business perspective, right? We understand that player base and active online concurrent users is incredibly important. And we had to build that into our engineering plan. Right. Okay, so so then uh, so you had PC and Nintendo playing at the same time, and then you went to P. Mm -hmm. Then you went to uh, then you went to uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Oh no, you're not on PlayStation. We are we are not on PlayStation. No, we that is that is the one we did not port to. Uh, yeah, and so with Nintendo and PC, uh, mm -hmm. and then we went to Xbox and were mm -hmm. was on Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. followed by Stadia mm -hmm. and then followed by Luna. I so all, I believe, all, all I believe my... that's order order is correct. <laughs> Jackie in the chat will correct you if you're, if you yeah. are incorrect, uh, you have, you have the team behind you that will correct you. So, uh, yeah. my friends in the chat will, will hate me if I do not ask this question. Uh, mm -hmm. so how was it working with the Stadia team and getting it on you know, getting it on. And that's where I first met you guys. And that's because mm -hmm. you came to, you came to Stadia. Oh, Jackie says you are hundred percent correct. So there you go. Cool. Uh, exter external validation. Correct. Gold star <laughs> for gold star for Matt from the boss. Nice. Um, so that's where I first got introduced to, to Killer Queen Black was on Stadia. I'm a Stadia guy. Um, um, and uh, so that's how I first got involved. So how was it working with the Stadia team to get the game over there? Um, how is it, you know, for patches and, and, you know, I have to ask those questions because my Stadia friends sure. want to know, they want to know. Yeah. Stadia, uh, was, was a, was a great experience. We've had some terrible porting experiences that I'd rather not talk about, but Stadia was not one of them. Um, okay. mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, to be honest, you know, I didn't actually, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced of Stadia, right? And then mm -hmm. I got it and I tried it and I was like, holy cow, like this is actually really, really decent. One of the things that I really, really liked about it was I don't have to wait for a game to download, right? I can just press a button, play mm -hmm. a game, you know, mm -hmm. whatever's on Stadia Pro, like go ahead and grab it, mm -hmm. immediately start it, realize within 15 minutes, like am I hooked or am I not hooked, you know, Correct. and then move on Correct. if I want to move on, right? Correct. So that, that wasn't really in, uh, a really compelling um, you know, aspect of Stadia, but I still wasn't convinced that a game as twitchy as Killer Queen Black would would work well on it. Mm -hmm. But through conversations with the with the Stadia team, um, and uh, again, just excellent uh, you know technical and architecture uh, deep dives by the engineering team at Liquidbit, you know, we were able to say, yeah, actually, their 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 hardware, their software, their APIs. You know, they do a lot of really cool things with latency. They do a lot of really cool things, um, you know, with the controller connecting individual individually and not through the actual uh, uh, Stadia component that's connected to your TV. Like, we think we can make this work. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, we deep dived into, into porting the game over. And for us, again, being cross-platform, we have to run our own backend that has mm -hmm. everyone's you know, unique user IDs, Mm -hmm. We can't rely on Xbox's user system and we can't rely on or Google's user system, right? Like we actually have to run our own piece of middleware that kind of connects those two things to be able to play cross-platform. Yeah. And so for us, the especially with Stadia, um, the game built fine, um, but it's it's basically extending our authentication and friend architecture, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, to support a new platform that takes the most time. And you know, I I don't remember exactly how long it took, but I, I remember being incredibly pleasantly surprised when it was wrapped up. And um, so, building a game for Stadia, even with having to kind of still fill out that middleware where you're connecting different login and authentication systems, mm -hmm. um, was was easy. Yeah. Uh, cool. I don't want to okay. say easy because I don't want to take credit away from the engineers, but it was it was not as much of a chore as some of the other ports that we've had. That's for sure. Oh, that's good. Okay. Excellent. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So, all right. So now, um, so that launched in 2019. So now 29, and then I think what you were 2020, I think you went to Stadia. I can't remember exactly either. Um, yeah. So we, at, at Luna. We, yeah. So, you know, and, and, and again, right. Like, you know, uh, we're skipping over a lot. I think we had 13 patches mm -hmm. in that first year alone. 
Sure. Right. Um, to mm -hmm. get all the feature sets in there that we wanted to get to get, mm -hmm. you know, just continue to polish the game, taking feedback from, a, you know, from the game that has been released. You know, Jackie's filtering it through the community. Mm -hmm. um, we're ingesting it. Um, we're figuring out what's doable, what's not doable, what we agree with, what we don't agree with. We had 13 updates to the game, I believe, in the first year, right? And that was really kind of our main focus. Um, so while one, we were one, still on one, a, one, one, one a month, that sounds, that sounds, you know, that sounds cool. One a month. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. One, one a month, basically. Um, but that, that really kept us busy, right? And then we, we felt that we had the game at a really good point. We felt that we had the feature sets that we wanted in there. And again, it's, you know, there's so much more than just what you're seeing on the screen that's going on, right? There's entire architectures and processes that are put in place behind the scenes mm -hmm. to get to, you know, for an online game or a game as a service to, to really kind of work and thrive, right? Um, mm -hmm. But we felt in that first year, like that, that's what we were going to do is really get all the pieces in place and saying, okay, Killer Queen Black, like it's in a really good spot. And then we went into port mode. Right. And then, and, you know, port mode is important because uh, it's all about, you know, getting more players onto the system, um, exposing yourselves to different communities, meeting great people like, you know, you and the Stadia community and all that kind of thing. You know? mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and the goal was to bring it to as many platforms as we possibly could mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and, and enable that cross platform experience so that, you know, everyone could play in the sandbox together. Again, Liquid Bit, we don't care what platform you're on. We want the bits to flow in every single direction mm -hmm. and, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of bring this whole thing together. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. And so, we, you know, we've been we've been porting Killer Queen. It took quite a while to port to to all the different platforms. Uh, but, but in the end, it's this really coherent cross platform product that we're proud of. Um, those 13 updates, was that all bug fixes? Sorry, undocumented features you were at, uh, yeah. updating, uh, or was that new feature requests? And how do you, how do you, how do you prioritize you like requests from the community? Right. Because, you know, just scrolling through Twitter of all of the, of the, the games, people are always tweeting the game companies and the community managers and stuff and go, how about you add this? And how about you add that? Like, you know, my friend Todd today, um, you know, he had posted a, a series of tweets about enhancements to a game. So I sent them the contact page from that company and go, here's where you want to go. And, I, and I've done it on other shows where I say, you know, tweeting a company who hasn't tweeted in three years is useless. Find their support page and file, you know, uh, you know, file the request. You know, when people, mm -hmm. you know, people complain about a, a certain company, a two digit, two letter company. And they're like, why isn't this? And I go, Tweeting them is, is useless. Go to their page because the support page, and this has been validated by others, you know, they companies look at that. They look at the support request, whether it's a, a bug fix or if it's a feature enhancement. That's what companies look at. They're they're not always trolling through, and, and you guys may be different, and, and maybe some companies do. They're not always trolling through the Twitter looking for feet. They're going to their support system and saying, what? oh, we've got 10 people, 10 requests for this feature, 90 for this one. Let's look at that one, right? Is that kind of, is that, is that an accurate statement coming from, from your side? Yes, it is, right? And so... To, to answer your questions in order, your first question was, 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 was it all bug fixes? No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. We didn't have a, uh, we didn't have a, 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 a really good kind of friend system built into the game uh, yeah. that we needed. So we, we ended up, we, we built out the friend system uh, in Killer Queen Black. We built out things like room codes. So you could just, you know, open up a room, give your friends a code. Um, and mm -hmm. all the infrastructure that that went along with that right mm -hmm. like um as well as adding new maps and a ton of bug fixes obviously those always you know those always get prioritized and and and, mm -hmm. and put in there and then your second question is you know how do we rack and stack what comes from the community um yeah. and and you know it, it it is it's a delicate balance you know a lot of it is kind of what you said is hey you know this is what we're hearing the most often let's give it some serious consideration mm -hmm. but you have to balance that against well, this guy's just the loudest, you know? And, <laughs> and he wears like a big cowboy hat and he runs around and <laughs> makes, we're not, we're not mentioning anybody in specific. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, exactly. Right. And, 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 you know, uh, that's, that's kind of the process, right? Is, mm -hmm. is, okay. Have we heard this more than once? Have we heard it multiple times? Have we heard it from multiple people? 
that we heard it from multiple people that we don't usually hear from, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, there, again, right, there's, you know, there, there are, the community is fantastic. There are, uh, you know, and, and people are, can get really involved in, in mm-hmm. your game, which is what we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Go back to the beginning of the conversation about eliciting an emotional response, mm-hmm. you know, and they can absolutely be emotional. And uh, it, it really takes, you know, a community manager like Jackie to be able to kind of filter those things for us and present us with, you know, an unemotional view. Hey, this feature has been asked for X amount of times by, you know, various people. And, you know, we should consider it versus this guy's just yelling about something over here. Right. And, <laughs> and we don't need to, you know, he's the only one. And, you know, she'll still bring that to us, but she'll bring it to us with that perspective of, you know, what's the gravity behind this request or what's the gravity behind this bug that needs right. to be fixed. Right, right, right. And, and you got to look at, this is a great idea, but it's an infrastructure change. Right? Oh, we have tons of great ideas that come in from the community that just aren't possible. Yeah. Right. Like, you, you know, either, you know, we don't have the manpower uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the computer systems or the, or the AWS budget to do it. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. you have, it's not just, can we build it? It's, it's, should we build it? Right. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's a million ideas that come in from, uh, you know, our community that I would love to build. You know, I'm like, that's a, mm-hmm. that's an awesome idea. There's no mm-hmm. way we're ever going to be able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so it's, it's, again, it's not just uh, is this a crazy idea lens you have to, you have to filter it through, a financial lens, a develop, you know, a development mm-hmm. timeline lens. What do mm-hmm. we, again, we're, we're a small team, right? Our, our, our currency is, is resources and it's ours. Right. And so it's like yep. for everything that we build, there's an opportunity cost of something that we're not building. You know, That's we right. don't have an infinite amount of engineers. And so everything needs to be filtered. Like, well, if we want to build that, we probably have to delay this. And those are the trades that you have to make. Right. Uh, and that's kind of why, how we, why we call it like, you know, basically like racking and stacking, the, the prioritizing of, you know, the influx of requirements and, you know, wish lists that are coming in versus bug fixing versus uh-huh. infrastructure things that we're doing on the back end that uh-huh. nobody even knows about. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, and, of course. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and that's where you really kind of have to balance between it all. Right. And, and so to, again, something you said earlier is, you know, mm-hmm. players can be like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you building this? And it's because we are busy. We are building a lot of things. Yeah. And, and the vast majority of it, you know, the, the game, you don't, see. Black you, you don't even see, the, you don't see the game is the tip of the iceberg. What you're playing is the tip of the iceberg, the entire infrastructure underneath that's, that supports it, that's um, correct. you know, that we, that we maintain and we keep mm-hmm. up and running 24 seven in six different regions across the world. So, um, um, mental note for Jackie, we will send uh, Stadia Pro Gaming the support link where he can file this as a suggestion. Uh, he wants a large cannon on top of his snail so he can protect <laughs> himself. Uh, full disclosure, um, we, uh, part of the B Games, we had formed one of the two Stadia esports teams that took place a couple of seasons ago. Uh, this fellow here, William, was on my team. I formed a team with a, a few other Stadians. Uh, there was another Stadia team. Uh, we played the very first game of Killer Queen Black for the Stadia community in the in the um, B League, which was quite uh, was which was quite exciting. It was quite interesting when the commentators, because a lot of the games were commentated, and they didn't know how to say Stadia. They kept calling it Stadia. Some of them didn't <laughs> even know Stadia was a thing. Some the, some of them didn't even know Stadia had a had, had, was even on Stadia. Uh, so so the first you know the first couple of games it took some of the people commentating. Um, uh, but I also want to say that the the community itself welcomed us with open arms. Um, I can remember. Let me get rid of his comment. Um, I can remember um, we we had our very first match, and of course we were all well. It was all when we were all new to the game, right? Because the game had just mm-hmm. launched on Stadia Pro, so we all had the game. Um, and uh, you know we were all relatively new, and we were playing a team that was had been playing before they had played competitively they were light years ahead of us like it was not even a question and mm-hmm. um i was the captain of my team and you know the other captain reached out and said we were playing and she goes if you ever need help and i said well i'm streaming the game we're going to be practicing she goes if you want us to um if you want us to help you we will and so while i was streaming the game 
uh, and us playing, they joined in because it was cross-platform. We had yeah. the chat going. They were teaching us how to play the game while I was streaming. So I was trying to also stream, entertain the people watching, but also listen to them. So they were teaching us how to play and giving us tricks and say, don't do this and make sure you do this. They were playing us in the first game, but they knew they were going to wipe, you know, they were going to clean us up, mm -hmm. which they which they did. But they were very welcoming, and I still remember that. And they came back a few times and said, if you guys just want to have a practice, we'll jump in and, and set up a room, and we'll come in, and we'll we'll help you. So that was I, – I can attest to how great the community was. They didn't know us, but they welcomed us. They said, oh, we don't know anything about Stadia. What is the Stadia thing? What is this – actually, they kept calling it Stadia. What's the Stadia thing? You know, and, and, and you know, it was, it was great. So, um, so I still remember that. They – yeah, it was, you know – um, so how many people do you have working for you now? How many both full-time and contractors? Uh, we are and you can use round numbers. I told you before, you know, yeah, very detailed, but, but vague. Yeah, no, it's very detailed, but vague. Yeah. Uh, great. No, we're, we're, we're about eight people and it fluctuates, right? You know, okay. um, uh, eight people full-time, you know, but there are contractors that work part-time for us on the art side sure. and things like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still a it's still a very 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 small team, um, you know, that handles everything. And that's what some people don't. Some people forget that these, you know, they you're not electronic arts. You're not. Right. You're not. Uh, you're not uh, Ubisoft. You're not. You know, whoever. You know, you you don't have hundreds of people. You know, at you know you know all over. You're not Google. You're not you know right. Microsoft. You don't have hundreds of people all over the place. Uh, right. Yeah. You you're, you're eight people, and you've got a you've got. So we were talking about you know bug fixes versus enhancements versus what can technically be possible. Um, I know people are great to tweet about you know I want this and I want this and I want this. Well, sometimes it's not possible, right? No, hundred percent, right? If we had the army of developers of my, Microsoft, I would put a snail on top of that cannon for that guy. <laughs> but again, right? We have we we have to do what's best for the game, and that might not always be visible to the player, right? Right. Uh, no, you added it. No, in, in, I think last year you added in a map, and I think Jackie told us once you want to do like a map a year or a map. You know, you I think you had a goal of like a new map a year or something like that. Maybe I just made that up. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, that, but that's but that's visible. We can we can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, that's something we can see. But there is also all sorts of the back end stuff. And that's something I hadn't even thought of is the whole friend side. Like, because when I go in, right, I can see who my friends are. I can see who my Stadia friends are. I can see who the other friends are that are on other platforms. But yes, mm -hmm. you have to. Um, uh, so, yeah, so you have to work with all the different like Stadia, Luna, Xbox, all their game, their friends lists, their APIs right. to be able to pull to pull to pull that in. Uh, 100%. Right. Yeah, you've, you've got to aggregate them together. You've got to deconflict them. Uh, and then, you know, you, you essentially, you need to be the glue between, just for an example, right, Nintendo's friend system and Xbox's friend system, right? Or, or Steam's friend system and Stadia's mm -hmm. friend system, right? You need to be the glue between those, Yeah. you know, that, that, that says, okay, well, I want to play with Jeff, but he's on Stadia and I'm on PC. We needed, we built a whole middleware mm -hmm. system that allows that to happen. So, so Joseph says, with all due respect, most of the community is asking for transparency more than bug fix than than but, uh, bug fixes. I think he meant bug fixes, not oh yeah, corrected that bug fixes. Yeah, than bug fixes. <laughs> Which you know, some some things you can be transparent about, other things you 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 can. It's a fine line that you have to uh, that you have to balance, right? A hundred percent. And, you know, how much does the community want to know about a network re-architecture that we're going through right now? <laughs> you know, and, and. Oh, you know yeah. what? I, there are, there are nerds that, that want to, <laughs> that want to know that kind of stuff, right? They want to know right. about Google blades and they, there are nerds that want to dive in there and they want to know why are you using AWS and, and there's, you know, why are you using S1 instead of S3? And, and, you know, there's, <laughs> there's probably, you know, there is probably, <laughs> There's probably a lot of nerds that want to know that kind of stuff and want to know why you're choosing that over that. Why didn't you go Azure? Why didn't you go with the Google <laughs> Cloud? Why didn't, you know, I guess those are the big three. Uh, yeah. You know, why didn't you, uh, 
Uh, and then um, he says, to be honest, a lot. And he says, we honestly do. We are obsessed with your game. That's great to hear, Joseph. <laughs> and welcome to the show. So, yeah, I can I can I can only imagine what it's like for for you and your team to kind of balance all of those uh, all of those uh, all of those things. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a juggling act. It's a constant juggling act. Right. And, you know, and as, as a studio, uh, you know, our, our goal is to stay alive. Our goal is to keep making games, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we're constantly mm-hmm. if we're not putting out fires, that's when we actually get to produce. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, it's, it's, it's hard being eight, eight, eight people, but it's also incredibly fun to kind of, you know, be in control mm-hmm. of your, your own destiny, I, create a product I, that people are excited yeah. about. Like Joseph, that was great to hear. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, he also wants to see behind the curtain and I'm not sure I always want to see, but like, I don't yeah. know how they, I don't know how they get the caramel inside the caramel bar, but I, and yeah. I don't think I want to know. I think, I don't think I want to look behind the curtain to know how, uh, how some things are are done. So in in some cases, I don't know if that's true. In my case, again, that's just my own personal use case. I always don't want to know. I just want to know that I can boot it up and I can play, and I can either find people to play with. I can play with the bots. I can't even imagine. I sometimes uh, we did a community day last month. Uh, I guess it was earlier this month, and where I was playing Stadia, uh, or playing Killer Queen Black on Stadia, and I, I, I sit there and I go, "How do you program bots? How do you get the bot to know what to do?" And when I play other games that have bots, I'm like, "How do you program a bot to know what to do the right thing?" I just sometimes I sit back as a as a as a as a, a product developer wondering how you would program that that sort of thing, right? I, I you don't have to get into it. I just uh, these are questions I often sit when I'm playing a game. I'm like, "How do they wonder how they do that?" Yeah, well, that was that was immensely challenging. Again, with with no previous previous AI experience, the team dove into that, and yeah, I mean, without going into a ton of detail, it was an immensely challenging thing, and something we're still trying to get right. Right. Uh, I'm not going to get into the the community side of it. I know you've got a great community, uh, you know, you got a great community manager. Um, but yeah, the world is full of trolls. There's, you know, there's Joseph who loves your game and I love your game. And I know a lot of the Stadia people love your game and it's loved around the world. And you've got the whole B League, like you have a whole league uh dedicated to your game like i can't imagine in 2017 you guys when you guys were sitting there at the at the dinner table figuring this out that you thought there'd be an entire league based on your game no no definitely not no we were just hoping it was going to work on the nintendo switch at that point you know uh you're like oh crap we gotta we're going to e3 we need something that they can play we can't have it crash on us in the middle of (laughs) that's right you can't play it on a pc you know in the middle of a nintendo booth uh, <laughs> or pull up the I mean, hang on let me pull up my xbox and show you at the nintendo <laughs> that's right that's right that that would be that's bad for business as they as they as they say so um but i i can i i am i'm sure that you get a lot of unwanted emails and unwanted communication around different things uh you know yeah yeah and, and you know and to be honest jackie handles the majority of that, right? Like that, yeah. that's one of the one of the decisions that we had to make. Being such a small company was is like we need to put a face, yep, uh, in, in in front of this. We need to be able to, to shield the engineers and the artists and and things like that um, to some extent, right? Uh, so that we can actually, you know, make the product that our our friends want to make, and mm-hmm. you know, and 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 also as 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 a personal preference, right? Like, you know, uh, not everybody wants to be on social media. Not everybody wants to be interacting, uh, you know, publicly on the internet. Like there, mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole, I don't want to say the word stigma, but you know, a personality trait that either embraces mm-hmm. that or, or doesn't. Yep. And, that, that's right. And, and you want to be cognizant of, of who you are and who you're working with and what your mm-hmm. team is made up of and put the right people in the right positions. Yeah. You know, and that's why Jackie was our first hire. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, to, to bring it back to her, right? And to bring it back to the conversation about the first hire liquid bit. I mean, like, that role was needed as much as we needed engineers and artists and musicians and yep. game designers, right? Like, you know, to to be able to handle that. And, and, and she does a great job. You know, she shares with us uh, our, our wins and our losses, and she has a thick skin. And you kind of just grow a thick skin when you're in the video game business because, again, we wanted to create software that, that elicits an emotional response and that response might out might not always be good and that's okay uh you know you just got to kind of have to learn to roll with it I, I remember when the game came out 
I mean, I couldn't even read the reviews. Right? And they were, <laughs> they, they were, they were mostly actually the, the game is reviewed very, very well. And I'm, and I'm happy with that, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, I, w- I was taking it personally and I realized, you know, okay, this, 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 y- y- your attitude towards what you're reading from a stranger on the internet has to change. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you need to put the right processes and people in place uh, in, in, in order to correctly filter that and get down yep. to what is true and what isn't true and what can we work on and, and how do we prioritize that? I, I started my career in 1992 and I learned early on or learned several lessons early on. Of course, 1992, there's no internet, there's no trolls, there's no whatever. But I er- learned early on that you're not going to make everybody happy. Uh, and if you're try to make everybody happy, you're going to be you're going to either fail or be miserable or both. Right. So mm-hmm. you just got to do the best you can. And if you're somebody isn't happy, you just say, I'm sorry, you're not happy. We'll either try to do better. We'll try to fix it. Or sorry, William, we're never going to put a cannon on the, on the, on the snail. So deal with it, dude. <laughs> not that we don't want to. <laughs> maybe you don't want to. Maybe you have no, maybe you don't want to. Maybe you're like, that's just a stupid idea who's that guy can we block him from jackie can you make a note to block him from no um uh yeah so sometimes yeah you just gotta um all right so that is we're getting close to the end if the chat has any questions joseph thank you for jumping in and stadia pro gaming william thank you for uh jumping in with your with your question or comment i will send you the uh feature request form that you could fill out to put the cannon I will I will laugh seriously one day if I boot up the game and there's a cannon on the snail. I'm not going to lie. Every, it's not a crazy it's not a crazy request. It sounds fun. No, no, tell him it's crazy. <laughs> tell him it's crazy. No, no, don't 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 feed into don't feed into him. Tell him it's crazy. So, uh, <laughs> what what is next? What is next for Liquid Bit or Killer Queen or anything that you want? I know there's things you can and and um, we we some people some of my friends have done some stuff with some other gaming companies and have learned really quickly about non-disclosure agreements uh, <laughs> that they never they never heard of this before. I had a few DMs from people that said I got to sign this non-disclosure. Uh, on, what is that? Is that is that leak? What? Yeah. So I've had to explain to a few people. Uh, around that. So before we get into that, uh, Eric says, uh, has there been any thought to eventually creating a Killer Queen Black sequel where the multiplayer portion stays the same, creating new single player content for a sequel allow for an additional news cycle, there's more, to attract new players even when you can't keep online multiplayer exactly the same and a fully, com- oh my god, this is way too long. <laughs> uh, uh, oh wait, there's a poor, uh, that, uh, or do something that is considered bad from a business perspective. Okay, that was a long question. Yeah, you know, and I'm not even sure how you address let, that. Let, but. let me let me let me parse that question. All right, so you know, so Killer Queen Black, you know, w- was was designed to be a multiplayer game, right? Like there is no single player campaign. Yes, you can play against seven other bots in the game, uh, and that can be your single player. But it's it's a, I've done that. I when I before <laughs> I did the B game, I wanted to learn and and practice, and I did. I would just fire up a game by myself. I didn't stream it just by myself in my little corner, and I'd fire up and put all the bots in and just try to figure out what does this do? How do I throw? Like I spent before the B uh, before the B games, I just spent a few hours just practicing throwing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where do uh, I have to be on the different maps to get the, to get, how do I throw? What's the right, you know, movement to throw? Right. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but, but again, right. Yeah. The, the, the single player kind of campaign things, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we've, we actually have talked about. Uh, but, but again, right. Like liquid bit again, being small needs to play to its strengths. Mm-hmm. We're good at making multiplayer games. It's what the company Apparently. was founded on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of you know, and it's it's where we want to continue kind of uh, uh, you know pushing our expertise, right? Um, we're we're not a company that's going to deliver some story driven narrative game, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's just not who we are right now. I'm not saying it could never happen, but yeah. that's just not that's not who we are right now, and that's not who we're trying to be, right? right. And so when I th- when I think of like a a single player campaign mode in Killer Queen Black, you know, you need to you need to world build around that. You need to identify a hero. There, there needs to be some sort of progression in a single player mode, you know, that's beyond, Hey, you just won three in a row. Like, you know, it, and, and, and quite frankly, that's, that's, that's not our expertise or, or where we want to bring liquid bit to. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jackie. So Joe apparently is a mod in your uh, is in oh, your Discord cool. and a major planner for the B Games crew. So shout out to him. He rules and he says thank you. I did not know that. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So what's next for Killer Queen Black or what's next for Liquid Bit or or do you have things that we should just watch the uh, watch the Twitter for? I would I would I would stay pinned to social media. We're working on some really exciting things. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to announce what those are in 2022 this year. Oh, um, okay. But it, yeah, it's, uh, I guess I can't really say much more than that, except I'm okay. super excited about it. I, I hope our fans are going to be super excited about it and, uh, and we'll take it from there. Looking for a speed runner. Check out Zombie, a Killer Queen remix by Bumblebear. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I'm old and uh, not very good at things. And I, and I will admit when I first saw the game, I watched some people play it. I'm like, what is this? Oh my God, this is so dumb. What is this? I don't understand this. Then I got the game and then I started playing it and then I fell in love with it. So <laughs> it, 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 proof is in the pudding. You gotta, you gotta kind of play, gotta kind of play the game to, to, to really appreciate. Cause I was watching people and I was like, what's going on? What's he doing? What's he throwing? What, what, what is this? I don't understand. And, and I'll be, there's parts of the game I still don't understand. And I played hours and hours of the game. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right. So some, so maybe in 2022, there may be some big announcement. We will look forward to the socials and, and uh, I, I should put the, I, I will go back and I will update the, the, the show, the description with the, with the, with the discord uh, with the killer queen black discord in there oh, cool. and, and, and stuff like that. So people watching this can, uh, if they don't, they should. I'm in a lot of Discord, especially from games I like, uh, and just see what's going on and see what's happening. And that's how I think that's how I found out about the B games, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then, and then mm -hmm. I think I just clicked on a few things, and then I think not knowing what I was doing, and then I registered, and then I talked, or I, I talked about talked about with some other people, and then they registered first, and the, which allowed them to say they were the first ones because I was late in my registration. But <laughs> we were the first ones to play games. So we still have that. Uh, you know that Matt, I want to thank you for um, taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and thanks for everybody who tuned in. Um, any other final last words you want to say to, to the people watching or listening on, on Spotify and or uh, Google podcasts soon to be Apple. If I can get around to filling out the amounts of paperwork that they might have <laughs> fill out to put a podcast on their stupid system. <laughs> I mean, they're a great system. <laughs> Well, now you're never getting on there. Uh, yeah, uh, just stay tuned for what's next. There's exciting things coming from Liquid Bit. And uh, Jeff, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I enjoyed it. I immensely enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for everybody for joining in. This is the business of every week. I'm going to cover off uh, different topics. I've got topics coming up in the future. So stay tuned to my channel and tweets for when these are yet to be scheduled. Everyone's just so busy in May, June. Everyone's just so busy with conferences and everything's opened back up again. So now lots of people I'm talking to are going out and doing you know, events and things like that. But uh, I've got uh, I've got one coming and more sports stuff talking USFL. I'm going to be doing stuff on crypto and NFTs. I need somebody to explain to me why I can't just print it, the picture out as a JPEG and stick it on my wall. Why do I have to buy an NFT? I need somebody to explain this to me. And I know you, I'm not going to get you to explain that to me, Matt, but I need somebody to explain to me why I can't just print out the JPEG. <laughs> why do I have to buy it as an NFT? <laughs> They think these are life's mysteries, uh, Matt, things I just don't know. Um, but yes, be safe and, be, and wear a mask. Uh, I still wear a mask everywhere I go. Uh, I'm one of the few here in Canada, but hey, whatever. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening to the show. Uh, we will be back with the next episode soon. Thanks again, Matt. Just hang on a second. And as I end the show, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. And we'll see you soon.